Hello, listener. Would you like to play a game? If you can name that film, you might enjoy the little pod of horrors. Wow, I think I actually managed to scare myself there. Hi, my name's Gordon, and I'm the host of the Little Pod of Horrors podcast. If you like your horror, you might like to check out my show, littlepodofhorrors.podbean.com. I look forward to playing with you real soon. Hey, this is Paul Goble, host of the Paul Goble Show, and you're listening to Apotheosis, Apop, something of a bombast. Oh, fuck. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 34 of an Apotheosis of a Bombast. As always, our hosts this week are myself, Scott Copperman, and Elton McManus. Hello there. How are you? We're all doing good over here, I think. Uh, today is Veterans Day, as we're recording, which is significant in many ways. Do you have a comparable holiday in the UK? Yes. I won't call it a holiday, but Armistice yes. Day, or I don't know. Well, uh, it's um, Remembrance Day. Today, oh, okay. 11th and the 11th, and at 11 o'clock, the whole country's supposed to come to a standstill, apart from all the people that don't really care. Oh, that's today? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 11 o'clock uh, this morning it was, so... I, I had my two-minute silence, and the building I was in had a two-minute silence. I had the fire alarm go off as well at the same time. So. Uh, of course. There's always someone who thinks it's funny to disrupt mm. the <laughs> the activity. Yeah. But no, I, I think most people um, abided by it. It was all over the news as well, so it's nice to see that it's still carrying on. And... Is it geared toward the military or kind of anyone who's passed? Uh, it's... I think if you ask the younger chaps around, they'll just say, oh, it's for First World War, Second World War, but really it's just remembering all the people that have given their lives in conflict under the under the Queen's name. So then you don't have, um, like we have Memorial Day and then Veterans Day. Memorial Day is more geared toward those who've passed and Veterans Day is, it's like, well, it's not the same as celebrating your postman, but it, you know, people who are actually serving now tend to get uh-huh. a little more emphasis now, mm-hmm. or they would not get it on Memorial Day unless they passed away. Right, see, so, you know, um, I think it's the first Sunday of November, we always, we mark uh, the 11th of the 11th with two minutes silence, and the Queen lays a wreath down in, in London, I can't remember where it is though, but, and then you'll have all, all the armed forces around her at the time, and there's a two-minute silence there, and then on the actual 11th of the 11th, then we have another two-minute silence then. And we all buy poppies as well. Do you, do you oh. get the poppies? I don't think you uh, do, do you? I remember in the late 70s, I think it was when um, Iran had taken some Americans hostage, mm-hmm. that I remember like poppies, poppies and yellow ribbons were like a big thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have the around. red poppies that uh, I think it's like the British Legion put out, and you know we put whatever you want, you know, from a quid to a five five pound in just for a, a paper poppy. But it, you know, it's supposed to signify it's supposed to signify so much, and it hmm. does. You know, I try and buy one every year. I've, I bought one for the kids and the misses. So no. you know, I'm there supporting the boys. There you go. Now, what do you think about that type of holiday? And by that type, I mean where it's not the same day every year. It's the third, third, like Thanksgiving is the third Thursday of November, or you know, this is the I think you said the second Sunday, as opposed to February fourteenth, March. Um, you know, I, 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 it doesn't really matter. And I guess some, some maybe are of a different origin where it makes sense for it to be that way. But like Easter is a different time every year. It's a little see, weird. I, I, I don't see Easter or uh, let's say Valentine's Day. You said February the fourteenth. So right. I, I don't see them as important as remembering like, the dead. I'm quite happy that the, there's Remembrance Sunday, and then we also, if the the eleventh happens to fall on, no, it wouldn't happen to fall on the the second, on the first or second Sunday, would it? 
I'm getting confused now. But anyway, <laughs> if if it happened to fall on there somehow by a miracle of like an eleven day week, then it, <laughs> it'll just be one one uh, Memorial Day. But I'm quite happy just to do it on the first or second Sunday and then remember them on the same day again. I, I, it's only four minutes out of my life. Bloody hell, these oh, guys yeah. put their lives down for it, didn't they? So. Oh yeah, I, I agree. That's definitely a worthwhile thing. I. And it's even probably more of a, um, not, maybe not so much this, but like Easter. Easter is a decider of school vacations in the United States. Mm-hmm. So, like if I were to sit there and try to plan you know, a spring holiday or spring vacation next year, I can't just sit there and say, uh, oh, Easter, that's the 25th of March. Just like with oh, Valentine's yeah. Day, I know that's always the 14th of February. I have to go and I have to look and look online and see, oh, you know, Easter's in April this year and, oh, next year it's in uh, March. And it's... It jumps around, doesn't it? I think yeah. two years ago we had the earliest Easter in, what, 100 years? Mm-hmm. And it, I think it actually snowed on that day over here as well, which was crazy. So, yeah, that jumps around, but I, I it's don't... It's a minor nuisance, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't see much to do with Easter, to be honest. Yeah. All right, well, besides uh, Remembrance Day and Veterans Day, we also have Friday the 13th coming up uh, two days oh, ahead yeah, of now. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's one of the few, I think, this year. I think we had one earlier in the year, but... Yeah. That's another thing. That, to me, is... I don't know. You're not superstitious, are you? Do you like, stop walking under ladders and stuff like that? No, no. And it's... It's not like you have control. It's like, oh, Friday the 13th, I... I won't uh, plan anything for that day. But I was in a hotel the other day that had no 13th floor. It was in a casino. So I could understand them being superstitious there. Mm-hmm. But to me, they have to have a 13th floor and just no rooms on it. Because if it, the elevator just goes 11, 12, 14, 15, 16, it's too easy to rationalize that the 14th floor is really the 13th floor. Yeah, yeah. You, you need to have a dummy floor that physically exists so you can say... So you can actually pass it by. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no actual thirteen uh, number 13 Formula 1 car either. No one ever holds the number 13. They Are they go. allowed to? Because sometimes you get that rebellious person who wants 13 or 0. Or... I just, no, I don't think they are allowed to, no. I think it's, uh, you have two cars in the team. It's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14, 15. <laughs> That's the way it goes, and it's always been like that. Just people driving around going, oh, I'm number 13, what's going to happen to me now? And it's so easy just to blame it on the, the number 13, yeah. isn't it? See, with uh, walking under ladders, isn't it? It's not so bad as walking under a ladder is bad. I think it's more to do with the the actual symbol. You're actually walking through a triangle. That's the bad yeah. thing. Because where the ladder leans against the wall, then you have the wall come down and you have the floor underneath. Hmm. You create a triangle. And that's what I've always thought of as the bad luck you're actually walking through a triangle hmm. i wonder if there's any other instances where you would walk through a triangle you really don't i guess maybe at the playground if you walk through some unusual configuration of playground equipment but that's yeah it. yeah hmm. I, I, I don't know if it's a painting uh, sorry a, a pagan thing or i'm not too sure but i've always assumed it's to do with the triangle but anyway yeah. Enough of that tosh. <laughs> By the time that everyone hears this, it'll be long gone. And... Yes, it, 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 you, know, you may have died, but then you won't be listening to this. Yeah, that's so right. It won't matter. You don't know. <laughs> so today we have uh, our usual fare. We have a couple of um, news stories and lists and such to go through. I guess we will go in reverse this time. We often end with a, a website to check out. And mm-hmm. since this actually came kind of in the way of feedback, maybe we'll start with this. Uh, two episodes ago, we had done our Hello Kitty birthday Twitter discussion, and uh, if you checked our website and looked at the show notes, you've seen that Anna from Indiana, who does the Jacob's Cabin podcast, uh, had given us a, a link about Twitter. I can't quite remember what it was. Do you remember what it was about? Friend or follow. Uh, whoever's following you, who's not following you, you, you type your name in and then you can find out who's actually, okay. who's not following you. That's right. She gave us a, a link for basically a friend or follow site so you could see which of your followers were following you and who 
you were following that wasn't following you back. And so you can kind of get a sense of whether it was mutual or not. Uh, she also let me know about another site called tweepdiff.com. So www.tweepdiff.com. And the idea with this site is you put your Twitter ID and someone else's, and then you can go through and see if you're both being followed by the same person. Is only one being followed? Are you being followed? And then the reverse about following people as well. So, like, yeah. for example, for you and I, if we were to put both of our names in, we would you would think there's a, a group of listeners who follow us both. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's people yeah, but- who only know me and people who only know you and, and then people I only follow, people you only follow. I'd imagine there's probably a basic of 30 or 40 people that we have common ground with anyway, so... Probably. Just, just through maybe simply this indicated or just through this podcast anyway. Yeah, it's another one of those things that just kind of um, potentially ego bruising and yet at the same time potentially self-esteem raising <laughs> depending on what you find out and what you're hoping to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be helpful if you're looking for people to follow. You're just curious like – I know again, simply syndicated, it's a pretty big communicate pretty big community and a lot of people kind of follow in mass but if you think you might be missing someone or you, you feel like you have common interests with someone and you're wondering if there's somebody out there you don't know it's an interesting way to to take a look hmm. no sounds good i'm gonna hit that up later on then so then from there i guess we can go into our, our bits and bobs of news and current events hmm. well, can i first off uh say congratulations to jacob if you don't mind. He scored his first two goals at the weekend. Yay! Oh, oh, congratulations to him. Yeah, he was playing on Sunday, and he, I think he, no, he won the man of the match two weeks ago, and if you win the man of the match, then you become the captain for the next game. Ooh, very nice. And he was captain, and it seemed to work for him, and he ended up scoring his first two goals, so yeah, get in. Very nice. But it, it was, um, <laughs> I was the only one not cheering when he scored, though. I, the ball actually went through the net, and I, I went, yay! Oh, I held my hand. And, uh, it came my out the back, my, yeah. Yeah, it came out the back, and so I thought he'd missed. And everyone else is jumping around, and I went, oh, did he score? And I sort of <laughs> sort of missed the moment. Yeah! Jumped around again, and, oh, okay, I missed that one then, didn't I? <laughs> uh, was he excited? Is it like, oh, yeah, you should have seen his face. <laughs> His, his smile was huge because I think most of his team had scored and he's he's basically a defender in the team. Mm-hmm. He's he's pretty good at being a defender. He, he goes in for tackles pretty hard. He's pretty fearless about that. And he he just wanted the opportunity to play in midfield and he got it and he did really well. Oh, good. So I'm happy about that. Um, well, we also had Amanda's grandma. She had her 80th birthday party this weekend. Oh, wow. Which is awesome. Uh, that all went well. That went fine. I, after the meal, we went down to a, a restaurant to have a meal with all, all the family. I mm-hmm. bought the bought the kids back home after that, and I'd bought a movie. I think I've mentioned this in another podcast that we did. Uh, you ever heard the film Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus? I've heard of it. Haven't seen it yet. <laughs> uh, it is wonderful. <laughs> uh, it's glorious. I think I saw it in HMV for fifteen quid, uh, maybe two months ago, mm-hmm. and just refused to pay ridiculous money for that film. And so, I think I I bought Home Alone a week ago because it's it's coming up to the Christmas holiday. Right. Yeah. You know, I we all like the uh, the Christmas movie, so and we haven't got Home Alone, so I, I know Jacob likes it, and I'm sure he's gonna have a couple other mates around to watch that, but. I bought this Mega Shark versus Giant Big Octopus at the same time. It was like six quid, so I, I'm just paying for the title, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we had a family staying over. We had my brother-in-law staying over, and so he came back from the pub as well after the celebrations of the 80th birthday. Mm-hmm. And we sat down and was like, right, should we put this film on? So <laughs> he wanted to watch Match of the Day first, so we watched Match of the Day. We watched his team win, and then he, we all decided, all oh, right, okay, we're going to put it on. Two minutes into it, 
he went <laughs> straight away. <laughs> totally missed it. And to be honest, it's one of the worst movies ever made. It's it's gloriously bad. Let's put it like that. So if you want that real cheese factor on how not to make a film and how rubber people can be at acting and how terrible <laughs> storylines go. Yes, please watch it. It's awesome for that. If you're looking for a movie that's good, no, stay clear. Is it uh, rubber or computer generated? It's all computer generated. You know, if I say anything about this film, I'm not going to be spoiling anything, but I, I will be actually, yeah. There's some great moments in it. It's just so bad. And I think I got it 50 minutes into it. I had to turn it off. But I, I made it 50 minutes. But no. No no one else watched this. Please don't watch it. It's terrible. I've heard of it. And I, I think I've seen one or two kind of parody advertisements of it. But I haven't seen yeah. it yet. Oh, I saw the Google van as well. Oh, you did? Yeah, I saw it. It was parked up just up the road from me. The guy who... It was a van, or uh, when it drove past us, it was a pickup truck with a tripod in the back and like a multi-directional camera. No, this was a, a little black Astra car, and it had a big big pile on the top of it and a four-way camera, huh. and it was just parked up at a little burger stall. I was like, oh, I wonder if they're doing around my way. Did you go around and pose for it? Put your uh, pants down or <laughs> make a sign or anything? Or? I'd like to, but no. If I'd been stopping at that place, then yeah, I would have asked the guy, you know, how do I get onto here and how do I you know, do that? And what happens if I run out in front of you while you're going doing next? that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm glad I've seen it because I've heard myths of this fable beast driving around the country and I was mm -hmm. wondering if I'd ever see it because I know they haven't done up here yet. So it's, it's cool to see it, actually. I think you're country is much stricter about blocking things from it too um i don't like here I, I think they pretty much get free reign whatever they want to put on they can but they i know I they blur I... everyone's face don't they and they blur all the license plates on the the cars and you know what one thing sort of related i wonder about that they they update the satellite photos probably it seems like every two years maybe you get a an updated thing, like if they build a new road or new neighborhood near you, it might take a little while, but it comes in pretty regularly on the map. Um, mine, but, mine hasn't been updated for a long, long time. I'm still living in two places on Google Earth. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's that must be at least no, that must be three years. Uh, it might be three years. Where where I live, we've lived for three years, and just recently. It's gone from a street under construction to a full street with okay. all the houses. But what I'm wondering is it's taking so long to do the street view. I wonder if that's something that will be decades between updates, unless you're talking about like a major metropolitan area, like you know downtown New York or London. or Yeah. It's a job for life, really, isn't it? Driving the yeah. Google van around. <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad job to have. Just do, 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 do. Just don't run anything over. Because they've got it on camera. Yeah, that's right. They know where you are. Go home early and they know exactly where you are. <laughs> I wonder if it's a lot more complicated, though. That, you know, you have to stay right in the you – know, if you can get in the center of the lane, try to do it. If you can – I you know, can't they, be that. They want it balanced. And then someone has to map out your route. I mean that's – in the graduate class I take, we do discrete math and that's – they have these things called the um, traveling salesman problem and postman problem, and it's all about finding the most efficient route. Like, if you're going to go through a neighborhood and there's, you know, is it smarter to go, turn around, come back up, go down the side street? Should you hit the mm -hmm. side streets while you can? Yeah. So there's probably a whole team of scientists computing. <laughs> Here you go, Joe. Here's your route. Just I bet they do the that. Letter. Yeah, I bet they do that for the Royal Mail as well. Mm-hmm. I wonder how they calculate their route. They must take trundle wheels with them everywhere they go, work out their quickest route that way. Click, 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 click. <laughs> Could be. Well, they can do it by satellite. They can calculate the route. But Yeah. I don't know. When I was a paper boy, they basically said, here's your 300 papers. Get it done. <laughs> Bloody hell, 300 papers? 300. But, well. That's not in one bag, is it? it? Uh, it was. Well, that was part of the thing. I had to 
to build in. I had one of those bags with a big thing in the front and a big thing in the back. You know, so it right. looked like the marshmallow man kind of waddling around with papers all over. <laughs> they had to be hung on the doorknobs, so you couldn't just throw them from the street. Yeah. And because I couldn't do the whole load at once, I had to do like a, a daisy kind of path. So I'd go out, come back to my house, load up, oh, go out. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. That pretty much sucked. And I got paid five cents a paper. Nice. So that was the most non-worthwhile thing I ever did. Did you ever dump the papers? Oh, I dumped them all the time. Because <laughs> over over at the edge of uh, the neighborhood, there was like a construction lot. And I would go and I would just dump the papers. And I would call and say, oh, you know, they built somewhere in the homes. I need 40 more papers. And that was awful. Cheeky. I remember find, <laughs> finding bags and bags of papers outside my house one day, so. Just some kid just decided, nope, that's it, I've had enough, I'm not getting paid enough, and he just dumped the bag there <laughs> and walked well, home. It wasn't me at your place, but it could have been in Colorado. Anyway, shall we move on to some news? Sure. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, I have three stories here, quite right. light-hearted. I'll just take the one at the top I've got at the moment. Sure. Right, this is the first story. It's... Mark a pen burglars draw cops' attention. Uh, two burglars suspects who covered their faces by drawing on masks with permanent marker pen have been arrested. <laughs> what prats? They've actually... Uh, uh, hang on. Let me work out what their crime was. I can't remember it now. I think they were, they were just doing a, a robbery in a large white van. And... Uh, they didn't have any balaclavas, so they ended up buying some marker pens and drawing it on their face. And right, they were trying to break into an apartment. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. I can't remember. And I... right, in, right under the picture, it says. Oh, I do read these stories before I put them <laughs> out. It's just when I'm put on the spot, I'm like, um, um, I can't remember. Sorry. That's cool. Um, yes. What prats? Yeah, as it's... if, as if you get away with that. You know, you'd still be the guy walking around with marker pen on your face. And they're not even coloured in very well. You know, the guy's no. got a little bit missing around his mouth and the other guy's got it missing off his nose. <laughs> well, and you think if you've ever seen a movie, you know, you go to the drugstore and you buy hair dye, you mm -hmm. uh, shave your beard. <laughs> I mean, these are pretty distinctive looking guys. Yeah. Surely boot polish would have been a better option than a marker yep. pen. Yeah. And the guy on the left in these pictures, he actually looks like a, a very bad Spider-Man. With the way he's just drawn around <laughs> his eyes and around his nose and forgot his forehead and his, his cheeks there. <laughs> I get the feeling that they tried to wash it off. But I'm guessing yeah. that, that when they were in the car, they didn't have anything to wash it off. So they're just licking their fingers and rubbing their faces and trying to squeeze it off and looking at each other going, is it coming off? Is it coming off? <laughs> well, they all right. So it says that they were spotted by someone. Someone called and reported... That they said two men in black hoods get out and drive off in a large white car. So that's red flag number one, a large white car. Yeah. That kind of stands out. Um, Never use a large white car. It's either a large white car or a large black car, isn't it? That's right, goodies and bandies. Yeah. yeah. So then they get uh, this bad marker job on their faces. And then the driver actually was arrested for driving drunk. That's why one reason why he just looks out of it in the picture. Ah, oh, see. But I have a feeling they both were drinking, and it just was a really bad idea. <laughs> I'm guessing that they were totally wasted. Just sitting there going, do you know what would be a really good idea? If we paint our faces with marker pens and go rob some places. Yeah, that would be a great idea. <laughs> We'd be millionaires. Sorry. Right. <laughs> anyway, here's the next news. That I have for you. Alrighty. Now, do you like KFC at all? Uh, I have not food? been there in a long time. So, yeah. And now that I see the headline, I'm not going to have any. <laughs> Cockroaches, blood, and mice found in KFC. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Did you just die then? No, I just banged the microphone. No, oh, I thought you just <laughs> fell off. <laughs> Had a little heart attack. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken is being prosecuted after... El uh, after environmental health inspectors found cockroaches, mice, and flies at one of its busiest restaurants in Britain. This is the one in uh, Leicester Square in London. 
They claim, sorry, they claimed a mouse was seen running across the floor and flies buzzed around their heads at the Coventry Street premises. Uh, they also found black sticky grease, which was covered in, well, the chicken was covered in this black sticky grease. I'm guessing that might be the blood from the chicken. Because yeah. I've been into these shops before, one in uh, in South East London, and they were defrosting the chicken under running water. That's not good. You know, it's awful what they describe here, but having seen uh, the Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares, mm-hmm. both your version and ours, I, I'm not as shocked as I might have been once. Yeah, but if you scroll down to the bottom of the page... There's more on this story, and they've got a lot more Kentucky Fried Chicken stories. And there's a a story of a trio fired for sink stunt. And basically a a couple of people actually washed themselves in the sink where they washed the chicken. And they took pictures of it, and they put it on Facebook, and enjoyed frolicking around until their boss found out about it and fired their asses. It's gross. This is August 7th. This is my birthday, and I'm taking a bath in the sink at Burger King. Said the picture's caption. <laughs> what dickheads. Yeah. I love the way that people actually take pictures of themselves doing silly stuff that they get fired for. And then they get disappointed when they're fired for it. It's not me. When's your birthday? August 7th. Where do you work? Uh, Burger King. <laughs> yeah. I think it is you. No, no, it's not me. God. There's mindless people out there. God, no. Why? Why? go swimming in a vat. I don't understand it. Have they not learned from the, the chocolate man? <laughs> Poor old chocolate man. Our, our friend, and the chocolate man. That's his third appearance on the show. It is, yeah. We'll have to get him a little jingle. He's left a legacy. <laughs> Poor little fella. <laughs> uh, right, third story, and last story, I think. Alrighty. Uh, there's a a woman in South Korea has finally passed her driving test after hundreds of attempts, and she's taken a hundred not sorry nine hundred and fifty times to pass this driving test. So we should call her SpongeBob. Yeah, because that's <laughs> SpongeBob never passes his test. Does he not? Oh, no. Oh, but this isn't her driving test. This is just the written examination before the driving test. Oh, nine hundred and fifty okay. times. Apparently, it cost them. It costs this layer, this lady in South Korea, it costs her 6,001 to actually uh, take this test every time, which is around about £2.80, it says in this article. Okay. And so times a thousand, it's. Mm, well, it, yeah, it's 2,600 quid, isn't it? That they wow. work it out to. It's more than 5 million won. But at what point do you not. Well, do you give up? You know, I've heard people. Have, uh, taking driving tests, the actual tests themselves, six times, and that, then they pass. But there has to be... You know, do they change the, the questions every time on this written examination? Surely she remembers, oh, maybe the answer's C this time. R- law of averages means, yeah. if it's just a multiple choice, surely she'd have, she should have lucked into passing this test instead of cocking it up 900 49 times. There's probably some sort of like uh, mandatory retirement age too for driving where she lives. Oh, well, how old is she? 68? She's 68. When she turns 70, they probably rescind the licenses. And In February this year, after Ms. Cha had failed her 771st attempt, the traffic police officer said, I feel very sorry every time I see her fail. When she passes, I'll make a commemorative tablet myself and give it to her. I'll bet she'll be well appreciative of that. Well done. I have mixed feelings about that because if it was something like, uh, think of it even like with your kids. Your kids are trying to do something and they fail at it and you want them to keep trying and keep trying. And, you know, if if it takes them a thousand tries and they finally figure out how to um, do a back handspring or how to. Uh, start a fire without matches or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you stuck with it. You figured it out. Good for you. This though, she's still not quite fit to be out there on the road. <laughs> making... No, no. We don't want her to pass on the 950th try. I think we've pretty much established around time 250 that it's just better for everyone if she doesn't. 
Well, in the article, they say that she was taking these tests on nigh on a daily basis. Surely she must remember the questions, even look them up, buy a, a highway code and work them out. Or surely she's entitled to take a cheat sheet home and cram on it and then come home, or then come back to the test centre and then pass it that way. Yeah. You wonder if anybody fudged it for her and could like, hey, psst, come over here. Let me. <laughs> Tomorrow's test. Just put A, A, B, A. Don't ask me any questions. Just put it down. Yeah. The test requires 60% pass, and she was getting scores between 30% and 50%. And meanwhile, there's someone who works there at the Department of Motor Vehicles who's watched her come in every day for six years and fail this test and now has to get in the car with her. Yeah. I was like, no, no, double check that score. Jeez. Right, there we go. News all wrapped up. All right, well, I have uh, something to share here. Let me send you the article. Actually, there's two articles. They're somewhat related. Do you ever try and get songs in people's heads? I was trying to do that this weekend. Uh, what do you mean by humming it around them? Yeah, what you do, you come into a room and you either whistle it or you hum it or just sing one line of it and... It's like a game that we play around this house, and we see how long it takes for it to actually drop into someone's head, like the uh, like the Muppet song. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. I'm sure people are going, oh, "Don't play that now! It's in my head." And once this podcast's over, it'll be in your head, definitely. <laughs> it'll be in your head all day long. But, uh. Yeah, we play this game where you sing it, and then. If you ever hear the other person sing it around about 10 minutes later, you just point and laugh at them. Hmm. Anyway, I'm digressing. Sorry. That's right. What you got here? (laughs) So I have uh, an article here about uh, names and how they are predictors of success and such. It's it's kind of a compilation of research from a variety of different places that the author credited on the site is not the one who did all the work. And also, Mm -hmm. I'll just say we didn't do it, but we'll put the link in the show notes. And what they basically found is that uh, students with an initial of an A or an B generally do better than students with initials of C or D. And you might think it's because, oh, they sit in the front because of alphabetical order, and maybe there are other factors that come into play. But they looked at 15 years worth of, excuse me, 15 years worth of grade point averages for MBA students at large, college, large U.S. universities. So. There, you're not going to have seating charts or... No, you're not going to be seated from A to Z, are you? No. And students whose names began with a C or D earned lower averages than those whose names began with an A or B. Is this first names, I'm, I'm assuming? Uh, I believe it is, although this particular study was just if you had it in your initials at all. Oh. So, yeah, if it was first names, then that even more overrides the seating chart effect. Yeah. How can they, having a, a certain initial in your name affect anything? Uh, they say it's it's like a subliminal suggestion. You, you've seen Darren Brown on TV, right? And mm-hmm. So I know he's done a lot of things where he puts things in the background or in the periphery of a page he asked someone to read, and then he's able to psychically predict what they're going to do or say. Yeah, and he uh, and the shows I've seen him on, he then turns around and says, "Well, you know, do you think maybe you were influenced by this, or you might not have noticed it, but I, you know, I made my B look like a giant three, and you know, little things that that the brain does latch onto. So, yeah, maybe that is something that, in the instance of borderline cases, it does come out that way. I don't know. Another bit of research they had was um, American baseball players over ninety three years." Batters whose names began with a K strike out slightly more often than other batters. Oh, okay. Now that, I, I don't know. Is it a matter of it just being so what's the one person diluting the whole pool? Someone is just so bad that they, you know, I don't know. Like it, if you go in reverse, if you were to sit there and, and talk about pitchers, like Nolan Ryan is one of the greatest pitchers ever. He's thrown more strikeouts than anyone, more no-hitters than anyone. So if you were to look at his name, N-O-L-A-N-R-Y-A-N, you could say, oh, well, we find that if you have 
three N's in your name, or the more N's you have in your name, the more strikeouts you have. Because mm-hmm. maybe he'll dilute the data. Yeah. But on the turn of someone swinging and missing as a batter, that's a little different. You're not going to strike out 300 times, or if if you do strike out a lot in your career, that's a bad thing. You're probably going to have a short career. Mm-hmm. So it's less likely to be that way. I wonder if it's a matter, you know, it's a K. Think of what kinds of names have K in it. Is it... Um, it's Kevin. Yeah, or... Chris. Is it just a, a more... Well, I don't know. Like, I guess it's fairly common. Catherine with a K. Yeah, the girls. It's because they're all girls. Cold. <laughs> trying to think of other Ks now. Well, I was thinking more last name, like Jackson or... Oh, see, sorry. Um, Kennedy. Yeah. But there's nothing about that that focuses on uh, a certain skill set. That's a, it's a strange thing. That I don't know either whether there's a, a subliminal effect there or that just might be more coincidence and not enough of a sample. I think it might be what you said. There's a really bad person just watering down the gene pool of the Ks <laughs> and just screwing it up for everyone else. Because I can understand if you've got a name that you don't like, it affects you somewhat through your life. Trust me, I know being called Elton, you know, the amount of times I've heard Elton John is just unbelievable. And it, believe it or not, I still hear it today. I heard it this week. <laughs> and it's just, I've got to the point where I'm not even smiling and laughing. I'm just staring at the person. And then they realise, okay, maybe <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. And Yeah, you shouldn't have said that, okay. I, I can understand a name affecting people sometimes, but I love my name. I really do. At school, I got ribbed for it, but, you know, they aren't on apotheosis of a bombast, are they? So, no. No, that's right. And like I said, I was thinking of it as you could have one person diluting the data. Like, there's um, something I had done in college. We were studying uh, measures of central tendency, like averages and mean, median, mode, all that kind of garbage. Yeah. And... They were talking about um, – I forget what it was. It's uh, the average salary earned by people with different degrees. And so University of North Carolina, average salary earned by graduates of University of North Carolina with a uh, physical education degree. And it was like $30 million. And it was because Michael Jordan had that degree. And yeah. so his – he distorted the data. Yeah, um, he's going to be a huge blip on there. But really, they should take – when you take a mean or an average or something like that, sometimes you you lose you your top half and you, you, you take off the bottom half as well, don't you? Yeah. And then you – Yeah, so I wonder if, if – but because this is a negative thing, the striking out, like I said, if a, a failure would not be there long enough to – if you struck out 200 times in a row – you're not getting a chance to pollute the sample. Mm-hmm. You're getting yanked out. Yeah. Your your career's over. So I, I, I'm surprised to see that. The article does go on to talk a little bit about what you said with the idea of something different. As as we get into the internet and people are doing jobs and they, they want to stand out for different reasons, people with unusual names they find actually get things like higher search engine placement and – um, they stand out more in a lot of ways because there's not so many Eltons or Selines or Isaacs or yeah. Michaels as there are Mark, Mary, Linda, Nick. And, and one thing they point out too is you're getting more name changes in spelling. Like I have a friend, Amy, she spells it A-I-M-E-E. Oh, and okay. Time, yeah. She was the only one I knew who did that, but I've since come to know a whole bunch who do it now. Yeah, lots lots of people just twisting their name just to make it look a little bit, little bit more unique than throwing in the silent Q and mm-hmm. <laughs> PH. Well, so they did some more research. A different group, uh, an Ohio University study, showed that employers weigh several factors when judging job candidates and that the gender match between an applicant's name and an occupation have a subconscious impact. So, for example... If you are a 
plumber or a truck driver or an electrician and your name is Hank or Bruno, there's a subconscious decision that you will be a good plumber, a good truck driver, or a good electrician. Okay. And on the women's side, Emma and Irma registered high as being likely to be good nurses, hairstylists, or interior decorators, just because of the nature of the name. (laughs) Really? Wow. But like a woman named Garrett looking for a job in daycare, or a man named Bud who wants to be a hairstylist, tends to run into uh, both intentional and subconscious objections and, mm-hmm. and resistance. So they have a list here, though, of specific names that scored high in different categories. So get your reactions to these here. Go on in. These are the names that scored highest indicating intelligence. So I guess they surveyed 75,000 adults, and they gave them a ton of names, and they were like, you meet someone named Abigail. How, not knowing anything else about them other than the name, rank them. Do you think they're high in intelligence, high in character, high in trustworthiness, leadership, etc.? So the ones that scored highest in intelligence for the women were Abigail, Alexis, Grace, L E A H, which I would pronounce Leah, but it might be Lee. It could be Lee or Leah, yeah. Uh, Meryl and Vanessa. And for the men, it's Alexander, David, John. Kenneth, Samuel, and Tim. Those are the names suggesting intelligence. And I, I'll bet like Meryl, I mean, how many people do you know named Meryl other than maybe Meryl Streep? Yeah. And so you think Meryl Streep is, she doesn't play a ditz in the movie. She's always a strong female character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But going on to the men, uh-huh. everyone knows David, don't they? We have a channel over here called Dave because they, they called it channel dave because everyone knows dave i I wonder though if they differentiated david and dave like is is david one name and like david registers higher than dave does or yeah yeah they they can be two different names or they can be this dave can be the shorten of david there's so many davids would i be wrong in saying it's a biblical name well let me ask you this you you meet someone and you call him David, and he says, oh, it's Dave. Yeah. What's your immediate, what shift do you make in your head when someone's, you know, this is, uh, you must be the new guy, David. He goes, oh, I'm Dave. In your head, does, does that register, make you? A little bit. It it, it does casual? set a tone, yeah. It's, it's very casual, and it also states, don't call me David. It's See, like when, think... when people want to be called... See, I don't want to offend anyone, but I, I remember working with a guy and his name was Robert. Mm-hmm. And we used to call him Bob. Right. Because he 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 came across as very, uh, not slow, but very just not all there. You know, he, was, he was a Bob. He wasn't a Robert. Yeah, he, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the way it was. And I remember phoning his house up and saying, oh, is Bob there? And his wife went, you mean Robert? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, maybe in bed he's a Robert, but to me, he's Bob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I think that says a lot right there. The fact that something – all right, the piece of paper says Rob. Mm-hmm. And you you uh, call him Robert. And he's like, oh, Bob is fine. That's That has just a much more casual connotation, and, and that's kind of like – not so much he's correcting you as he's he's letting you get off easy. Where on the the flip side, if if you call him Bob and they say, "Oh, actually it's Robert," but that's fine. Robert just is a stuffier version, and it just carries a different connotation. Yeah, no, I understand that. Well, like my my dad and grandfather are Harold or Harry. My my grandfather is Harold, mm-hmm. and and like he'll that's how he introduces himself, and that's how he signs everything, and. Um, my dad is Harry, and I, you know, I, I don't know if it's because it's a father and son and they had to differentiate between the two, or is it a, a generational thing? Or, I mean, my out of the two, my grandfather is probably the goofier and more playful of the two. Okay. But that can be that, a distinction where you you want to. Be your own person and have your own name. And if your, say, your father has given you his name, 
mm-hmm. you can either grasp onto that and enjoy that, or you can be the, the totally other way and be like, well, no, I want a different name. I've had a couple of friends like that, and they've they've either grasped it or just thrown it away and chosen a different name, maybe chosen their middle name or a different version of their name. What do you think about um, like a youthful version of names? Like you got Dan or Daniel. So growing up, a lot of times they're Danny. Yeah. yeah or just Dan that. or Danny, and they're very rarely Daniel, I think, when they're young, unless it's a strict, stern family. No, that, that's, I, I think. that's only when you get the full name, when your mother is calling you, you know, in from the street and you've done something wrong. You know, Daniel? You get the full name works then, don't you? Yeah. So somewhere along the line, you expect Danny, sometime before he turns 25, to drop the E, to, to turn into Dan or Daniel. Yeah. Unless he turns into it. If he keeps it when he's 30, I think you get a picture in your head. He's a, he's a certain kind of guy. So he's stereotyped into that name. I think. I mean, the 30-year-old Danny, I don't trust as much. But oh, yeah. isn't isn't um seventy year old Danny in the old people's home? Isn't he cute? Oh look, there's old Danny there he's in goofy. the corner. Yeah, he, he's Danny. Oh look, Danny's wet his pants again. Oh look at Danny. Let's help yeah, him up. He's I'm fallen putting, over. I think I want twenty five year old Daniel in charge of my project instead of forty year old Danny. Forty yeah. year old Danny, I I feel I just sounds immature. So I'm trying to think when. When we named my daughter, like I, I really wanted her to have a name that was like a, a tomboyish kind of name. I, I actually wanted her to be like Danny or Danielle, or mm-hmm. like she's Jackie, but she, there's Jackie and Jacqueline. Casey was a name that I really liked, but that one of the things against it was there's, unless you're going to go Cassandra, it was kind of like, well, what's what's your, what's your grown up version of, of this, you know? And she might choose her whole life to be Jackie. Mm-hmm. And, and I might be biased, but I think it's one of those names that fits because there have been older women who've carried that name. Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis was still Jackie at times. Mm-hmm. It's a tough thing. Yeah, some people do just fit their name, though. When I remember when we, we called Kimmy Kimmy, a lot of people a lot of people just shorten our kids' names for some weird reason. We got Jacob and we got Kimmy. And... Mm-hmm. Some people, and it really bugs me, some people come up to them and gone, oh, what are their names? And we've sat there and gone, this one's Jacob, this one's Kimmy. Ah, oh, Jake and Kim. No. <laughs> Don't, no, no, hang on. You, you must confuse me with something. Jacob and Kimmy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you don't correct them and then they carry on and then it just gets worse and worse every time you see them. Oh, just call my kids by the right name. Yeah. Well, I can kind of understand the Kimmy part because I think that they probably think it's more of a cute nickname yeah. part that was added on. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, because it's oh little the Kimmy. Jacob. It's if you go out of your way to put the ub on Jacob, I mean it's there for a reason. Yeah, a lot of his friends call him Jake and want to hit the brown the head when they do. Yeah, he's named Jacob. Apotheosis of the Bombast is brought to you by Scott Kaufman and Elton McManus. You want chili sauce with that? All right. Well, they have a couple other categories here. We can see where we go with this. Okay. Uh, Leadership-wise, Ruth was the top name for women. And for the men, it was Alexander again, Dwight, and Lance. Really? Lance. Dwight. Hardworking. For the women, it was Ada, Ingrid, Marie, and Margaret. And for the men, it was Jake, Manuel, Ron, and Todd. They sound like manual names, don't they? Ron yeah. and Todd and Jake. They're all shortened versions of other ones. Yeah. It's pretty weird. It's uh, Like we said, I could see there being influenced because of the names. I can see a subliminal part to it. And I, I think it has to be that we all just draw from our own experience. Because even um, my wife will say that when... When we were naming the kids, I forget what names we were throwing out there, but there were some that she would be like, oh, no, I went to college with so-and-so. Uh, no, yeah. I'm not naming them. I was going to say the same thing, yeah. And I, I could kind of understand, maybe on the one hand, you just don't want to drop the memories of that person. But I don't know. I, there are names, though, too, where just wholesale, 
everybody's image of that person is the same. Yeah. You know, slovenly, sloppy, well, if, lazy. When you're growing up in school, if you've got the smelly kid called Sam or maybe Michael or something along them lines, and then your wife comes up to you and goes, right, we're calling our son Michael. You'd be like, no, because that just reminds me of the smelly kid that used to punch <laughs> me in the arm. Yeah. But but I wanted to be called Michael. No, it's not happening because he's going to smell. And I mm-hmm. associate that name with smelly people. So I can totally understand that because I think we had a couple like that as well that we hit and missed about. Yeah, it's it it does make good sense though cuz they apply that all the time to like screen names and twitter IDs and stuff they say be careful what you pick for an email address because yeah. it says a lot about you and oh. stage names as well lots of people choose a different stage name just to overemphasize and something a little bit more powerful there's lots of i'm sure there's a list around somewhere with a list of people that have actually changed their names from whatever to whatever i know a lot did to get rid of like an ethnicity or to become like a more neutral kind of thing. And I can remember when I was in high school and I was on a radio station, it was Dominic Cianciolo and and Scott Copperman. We were doing like a show together and I can remember talking to the radio instructor and he was like, you know, it's kind of a long name. If you want to pick a stage name, you can pick a, a something easier to say. Mm. And I remember like, well, like Scott Silvers, I could be Scott Silvers. That's what kind of flows. <laughs> like, you know, I could see that. You know, yeah. See, Elton John, he wasn't called Elton John, was he? He was, was it Reginald Dwight? I think it was. Hmm. I, I don't blame him for changing his name. Now, do you think that fades a little bit now? Because you could change your name before you were famous in 1950, become famous in 1960. Well, Bob Dylan and, did it as well, didn't he? Yeah. But if, if let's say you, you go out now and, and all of a sudden uh, Maggie Carmichael goes out and is the new singing sensation, well, people are going to go online and find out Maggie Carmichael's real name before she releases oh, her see. first album. Yeah. Where in 1960, you know, that whole identity could be created before anyone even thought to, you know, no one would go and find out, oh, she was Gertrude uh, Finkelstein. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I had a friend in college, a girl I dated in college named Haley Finkelstein. Or really? Hall- it was actually Hallie Finkelstein. That's such a cool name. Yeah, it is, actually. But she had, like, attitude to to back up the name. Like, she was just, like, yes, I know my name is Hallie Finkelstein. So, yeah, Okay. Oh, and slightly name-related, as we name drop like crazy. Uh, I had a friend in fourth grade when I lived in California. His name was Sterling Hodgepath. But it, oh, that, for years, that? you think Hodgepath. Got all right. Find it online instantly. Mm. But the thing is, I'm going with the fourth grade memory of it, and I finally pieced together about a month ago. It's like it's spelled slightly different. It's like Hedgepath or something. And I found him. Yeah. I've had a twisted memory. I have a friend, uh, Casey Tekint, T apostrophe K-I-N-D-T. Yeah. Again, you would think that's like an instant Google search. Yeah. What was that guy's name again? Sterling what? Sterling Hedgepeth. That's such a wonderful name. It's just so... It's flumpy and... It is. It's got so much weight to it, isn't it? It's awesome. First of all, he was the the nicest nicest guy, and I was hardly <laughs> hardly by any stretch at my peak in terms of of tough guyness. So this is one two, fourth or fifth grade, suburb of San Diego, California, and Tommy Sue, Sterling Hedgepath, and I uh, competed in the county math fair. Strike one. Uh, <laughs> He and I were part of the AV group, strike two. And in fourth and fifth grade, he was like half my height with glasses and, you know, typical early 80s, late 70s kind of curls. Mm-hmm. And uh, strike three. Then add in strike four, your three friends are Tommy Sue, Tim Foster, and Scott Copperman. Like, mm. yeah, that's a 
You guys <laughs> it's rock. The, the cast of Freaks and Geeks. If you know that show, that's who it was. My mom, I have a picture somewhere. I would scan it if I could find it. But my mom had driven Tommy Sue, Sterling Hedgepeth, and I to the county math fair. <laughs> and I won third prize. It sounds like you're reading a comic book. <laughs> it is. That's what it was. It's and you know what I won? I, just to digress for a second. <clears throat> All right. So I'm picked to go to this math fair because I'm one of the top. Actually, had won a whole competition in my school. Won the spelling bee. Won the county math fair thing. So, or to the school qualifying for the math fair. So I go. Big math fair at some local college. It's a whole big deal. You're sent to these rooms. You got to do these things to show off your math skills. Mm-hmm. So I'm our best, and I'm sent to this thing. And the demonstration of the math skills was a hundred question test. Okay, pretty hard stuff. You had to use a calculator. It w- this was back when like nobody had calculators. Yeah. So it, I was in the crafty calculators skill division, and it was timed so you couldn't do it by by head. You, it was it was literally a keyboarding test. You punch your stuff in, and hit enter, and get through the test as fast as you can. And yeah, and I finished third in the county in crafty calculators, and I won a paper folding kit. It wasn't like origami, <laughs> but it was these like. This gets perforated cardboard sheets, and you would like pop it out, and then you folded it to make like a little cube. Or I threw it out like as soon as I got home. Oh, it sounds brilliant! It sounds like using a an Enid Blyton book. It sounds wicked. Crafty calculators, Sterling, Sterling Hedgepath, Fidgeman Pot. In maths class, it's and Tommy Sue, and the picture. I wish I had the picture because in the picture. I'm there in my red windbreaker with – there was a phase I had where I like to get, like, patches and have them, like, embroidered on it. So I think I had, like, a Honda patch on. Um, but I had – I had longer hair than I have now, and it was like this – let's see. It wasn't quite the mullet era, but you could see why I would be a candidate for the mullet. Yeah. And then I was in my, like, second or third year of wearing glasses, but I had the – big plastic glasses and it's little sterling and then me and then tommy sue is like he's eating a cupcake i'd like to remember it tommy was like he looked like the the um guy who can see the future in heroes oh uh, kind of doughy kind of like happy guy oh glorious it sounds what a wonderful time to grow up in I bet the grass was always green and the birds always sang. No, it, it was literally uh, – my fourth grade year was an episode of Freaks and Geeks. Mm. Oh, I want to read that book now. <laughs> they should make it into a book and I'd read it. Shit. And then you'd have fan fiction made about you as well. I know. Flowers for, like Flowers for Algernon. I could do uh, oh, yeah. Calculators with Sterling. I've be my book. Uh, Boudoir's read that book and my best mate Lee has read that book as well I've never got around to actually reading really? it but I've heard, I've have heard you seen good have things. you seen the movie Awakenings don't think so no it's almost the same plot although it's oh. one's based on real life and the other one's not but yeah I thought it was a good book Flowers for Algernon or Charlie sometimes it's called mm. the short story I think we've got it upstairs I'd like to read it but it's a sad a, book there's another one uh, a book called the Curious Incident of the Dead Dog in the Night, I think it is. And that's supposed to be a really good book. Hmm. So anyway, that's probably a good spot to wrap it up. Let's end this uh, Famous Five adventure right here. That's right. Let's go home for pickled sandwiches and cups of tea right. and mm-hmm. squash. <laughs> so we need a moral. What should our moral be? Um. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Say it. I, I can't think of anything. I'm just... I'm just really happy about that joyous picture I've got in my head of you four skipping along <laughs> to Mass Fair. <laughs> Ugh. Um, see, what have I learned? I've learned... I've learned Sterling is a hero now. <laughs> Sterling... What was his... Sorry, what was his name again? Sorry. Ster- Sterling Hedgepath. Sterling Hedgepath is a wonderful name. That's what I've learned today. That's, that's what I'm taking away from, from this right. episode. You can say Sterling is a wonderful name. It is a wonderful name. 
<laughs> All right. This one's for you, Sterling. You get to be on moral. No, we should bring Enid Blyton back from the dead and write that book. Sorry. That's <laughs> wonderful. All right. <laughs> so on that note, we'll see you folks in another week or two. Make sure you send us some emails, send us some Twitters, leave some comments on the message board. Mm-hmm. Check out our other podcast if you're a fan of Lost. Check out the many people who sponsor us with bumps and promos, and they're on the some of them are on side links of our main site. Yeah, if you got any bumpers then or promos, then send them to us, and we'll gladly look through them and decide what ones are suitable for us to use. Yeah, that's right. We will judge you because we're qualified to do that. Yes, harshly. <laughs> right, I'm out of here then. All right. We'll talk to you later then, everybody. See you later. Bye.